It's day 14 of the Te Araroa, and I wake up to an estuary reflecting sherbet colors. Lemon, peach, raspberry. I'm in Fananaki. It's a Maori word that means kicking. The kind of restless kicking one does in the middle of the night to keep mosquitoes and sandflies from biting. But I slept okay, in spite of a long night of partying across the road from my free camping. But now, before the sun is up, it's absolutely quiet except for the shorebirds. And it's the longest footbridge in the southern hemisphere to be crossed. Built on wooden stilts and covered with wire mesh, it crosses the Te Warahi Stream, a tidal estuary separating Fananaki North from Fananaki South. As soon as I reach the beach, I realize I've missed the trail, so I attempt an overland shortcut and a man pokes out of his house and yells, Hey, where do you think you're going? I tell him I'm just a bit lost, and he points to the gate, urging me to get a move on. I smile, apologize, and wish him a great day, to which he says, No one wants to get lost. (sighs) Ain't that the truth? You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, The P-Rag tells the sometimes unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment for us badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. I want to thank Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky's should be in your hands. And Belega Socks, the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks out there for the long haul. And it is a long haul for me, because, to be honest... I am not a fast walker, just someone willing to walk for many, many hours in a day. I set goals, I get there, but I like to see things, take photos, write while I walk, and also talk to people. But no one's out here right now, just me and the surf and the birds. A sign tells me to help protect shorebirds by not letting dogs roam. Also that the New Zealand dotterel is the largest dotterel in the world. The sand is more mud than sand, squishing under my feet. Dinghies rest at the water's edge as herons stalk their prey on long stilts. At Sheltered Bay, there are no tracks in the sand but mine, and the smell is so different from the pungency and almost menthol-like cleansing odor of bush. Here it's briny, I can practically taste it. The trail turns away from the beach and up a hill, but right before I leave, I notice a farmer has left bottles of water for us TA trampers to transfer into our own bottles. I wonder what they think watching us pass each day. There are about 800 of us walking the Te Araroa this year. I guess that includes section hikers and those who skip the roads, too. I gain altitude on easy track, looking down through gnarly Pohutakawa toward private beaches. In a month, 
These trees will live up to their common name as New Zealand's Christmas tree when they're covered with frothy red blossoms. The trail bends in a U-shape for a stream filled with masses of arum lilies. The white funnels are actually a leaf. The flower is that proud, stiff yellow sausage poking out. Eucalyptus trees spill down the gullies. Native to Australia, they take off here in ideal conditions. Cows block the path. One big black matriarch has a growly contralto, not at all happy to share her space. Others just can't be bothered, leaving large pats as fast as they graze. A fantail dances in front of my path, opening and closing its feathers in a kind of bird form of twerking. Insectivores, those fans work to their advantage, and they can catch their meals mid-flight. Right now, she's working to attract the ones I've flushed while moving my feet. I pass lots of private property with no beach access signs. This is how the rich live. But no one owns this view, and it's all mine this morning. Looking out past bush to the poor Knight's Islands, an uninhabited marine reserve. Big Blackie follows me up the road, her brow furrowed. Guard Cow, I now call her, is sending a message to stop looking at the view and move on. And I do, arriving at a flat spot above Sandy Bay, where I set up olive oil to lean against a gate and eat my 70-cent fantastic noodles with a view of turquoise waves on white sand, bush growing on humpy headlands. Have I mentioned I'm happy as can be with long sleeves and long pants? No fun knocking for me as the sandflies start coming out. Now where is that little fantail when I need her? A trio comes past me on their way for a day hike of what I've just walked and ask if I'm hiking the Te Araroa. All of it, they ask? Good on you. Enjoy each day, then. And I promise them I will. It's one bay after another today up and over, then back onto the beach, this one full of people on sups. There's also free camping here, and I think maybe this is how California was about 50 years ago. The tide's coming in over my squishy steps, but the air is silky and cool, even in the sunshine. I meet some lovely Kiwis who take my picture and then burst out laughing at my endeavor to walk New Zealand end-to-end. They must take pity, inviting me to stay with them tonight, but it's far off trail. At Whale Bay, signs ask if I have a plan in case of tsunami. I consider it as I turn down the Morrison track. I pass the pretty boxy houses of Matapuri and Swampland before heading back up into the bush in a Kiwi sanctuary. They're nocturnal, so all tucked in just now. Someone thoughtfully cut stairs into the clay bank down to the ravine. Likewise, back up into the forest of Kauri. Still, I'm sweating. After the beach, the forest is so dark and peaceful. I wonder why not every Kauri was taken down in the last century. Perhaps it's too steep. I hear rustling near a fallen tree ahead and I meet another solo female TA thru-hiker from Hong Kong with a towering backpack. Tracy smiles and toddles on, clearly on a mission, since she walks right past Tane Moana, 
a short spur that takes me to the largest cowrie I've ever seen. Tall and fat, with large branches high up as though out-of-shape arms, ones that seem to reach out to me with a hug. It feels so good, the air, the birds, this magnificent tree. And I've got only a few more kilometers until I'll meet a boat at the next estuary and stay the night on the other side. Oh, no! Oh, ow, ow! Out of nowhere, my left ankle rolls over my foot and I'm down on the ground. Was that my bone? My trip is over. Maybe. As a person who loves sound, that was one superb bone-crushing crack. I reach down to touch the foot, and there's no visible break. Very gently, I stand up, putting the smallest amount of pressure on the foot. Oh, it hurts a lot. But miraculously, I can walk. What was that sound? It turns out it was a branch that went up my pants, caught hold, and ripped clean through front and back. It sent me flying down fast like I was on roller skates. The cracking was actually just my pants ripping. Well, I guess there's not much I can do. I just got to keep walking. Carefully, easy, just a little bit of road to Nguru, where a whole array of gnome lawn ornaments welcome me. <laughs> and I have to laugh and take a picture, even in my pain. And there's a little store that sells me ice cream. I head in, and there's Tracy again. And we walk carefully, slowly, down the street to stairs, an orange trail triangle helpfully pointing to the water's edge. My foot is swelling up, and it feels bruised, really. Maybe I should just stay here, I think. Right across the road is a place advertised in the trail notes for accommodation. So I limp over and knock on the door, and Cheryl answers, telling me they no longer take in guests. But after one look at my ankle, she follows me out with an ice pack, an ace bandage, and a jar of arnica. James arrives in his boat, and I say goodbye to Cheryl, and we roll up our pants to walk in the mud for the short, fast ride to Nikau Bay Camp. I take an outdoor shower and wonder, what am I going to do next with my foot getting fat and uncomfortable? Fastidious and controlling, James refuses to discuss anything until his briefing at 8 o'clock sharp. So I wait putting my foot up, rubbing arnica on it, and finally wrapping it tightly, hoping it doesn't get too puffy. It's a beautiful place, but it doesn't have a good ambience for me. There are about five of us here, no one particularly concerned about my ankle. Bram and the kayak boys are here too, but we don't talk at all. And I feel sad, remembering how bad they made me feel, racing ahead and never looking back as we kayaked the Waikari Inlet. There's really not much to the briefing at all. We gather around James's map, and he shows us the alternate trail through private Maori land at a charge of $5 each, and that's followed by wading a waist-deep river. When the briefing ends, James makes a quick exit, and I'm forced to hobble after him. Say, say James, on account of my injury and all, can I stay here tomorrow, please? The answer is an unequivocal no. Okay. 
but he quickly assures me it's not a long walk at all to Tidesong, where another family takes in hikers in their garden. Well, it's been two weeks, and I've gotten conjunctivitis and mm, a minor sprain. Here's hoping, hobbling, that the new week is a better one. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. If you're enjoying the storytelling, consider subscribing to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, I'd love it if you could take the time to give it a review. It really helps others like you find the podcast. I'm not better by any means, but I'm no worse, and I have to move on. So I pick my way slowly and deliberately through scrubby lowland and lots of invasive prickly gorse. The track is wide, and thankfully, the gorse stays on its side. In no time, I reach the wide Hora Hora River near its mouth into the Pacific. The water is cold and soon up to my crotch, the tide pulling me upstream. Brahm and the kayak boys catch up, and I'm surprised how timid they are picking their way across, seemingly afraid to get wet or yanked under by the current. We pass without speaking, and I think about what the couple said to me yesterday when I told them about it. I'm a man, and even I know there are a lot of guys who are jerks. The fact is, I should have just spoken up, and probably been nicer last night rather than expecting them to approach me. It's actually one of my worst faults that... Rather than confront directly, I triangulate, seeking validation for my feelings from people who aren't even involved. Rather than relieving my bad feelings, I relive them. Just as I come out of the water, the path goes directly through mangrove swamp, mud way over my clean ankles and shoes, and a lot like the Ratea forest, only deeper and smellier. It's up and over towards another estuary, timing my cross for the tide. It's too deep right now, so it won't be until tomorrow morning that I can get over. This is the awkward part of Northland, that the tides are specific to each place, varying greatly even when only a few kilometers apart. Here on the beach, the tide is out, and I need to walk closer to breaking waves in order to walk on hardest concrete sand. Oyster catchers and a symphony of screeches greet my arrival on the wave-scarred sand. Millions of peepee shells give a lovely crunch to each step. A few years ago, I joined a friend for a week of scuba diving in Roatan, Central America. I'm inexperienced and was very nervous. But my friend has hundreds of hours of diving, so stayed close as we would let the air out of our buoyancy-compensating devices and slowly sink below the surge into a different world. In time, and with his help, I became more comfortable and started to really enjoy this Caribbean idol. One morning before setting out for a long day of diving, and in front of a boat full of divers, the dive master told me people had complained about me. He scolded me for hogging the ocean and not letting them see enough. I was devastated. My friend said it was bullshit, and it turned out to be one very sour woman who complained, probably because she wasn't enjoying herself as much as me. But my mistake was in not immediately addressing the issue. I didn't fight. I didn't flee. Instead, 
I froze, trapped in the unfairness in my hurt. I tried not to let it color the rest of my trip, but I failed, and I just wallowed in my feelings. I arrive at Pitawa North and spy a picnic table under a spreading tree next to the bay. For brunch, it's more 70-cent fantastic noodle, mixed this time with a packet of tuna. Kiwis Lisa and Don walk by and chat me up, curious about this trail and telling me they see loads of backpackers coming through. I phone Hugh at Tidesong to come and pick me up at the reserve just out of town, where I'll continue the trail across the estuary tomorrow. He finds me on the road in his van, and I go to open the side door to put my backpack in, and who's inside but Bram, Tracy, and the kayak boys. <laughs> I just have to laugh. I guess it's time, Al, to give it a rest. All five of us head to Tidesong, a rambling house and gardens overlooking the estuary out to the Pacific. Roz brings us tea and Christmas cake and tells us about her own adventures walking the trail last year. I finally relax into the warmth of this lovely moment. One of the kayak boys, who calls himself River, shows me that he's wrenched his knee and it's wrapped tightly now. Tracy lifts her pant leg and reveals a constellation of nasty sandfly bites scratched to bleeding. I hobble in closer to share my swollen ankle in this trio of casualties of the Te Araroa. Roz takes our picture, smiling like old friends. <laughs> the four of them leave and hop back into Hugh's van, and he takes them back to the estuary and across it with his boat, since they plan to move on today. But I stay in this magical place, the only guest sleeping in a little treehouse with an outdoor shower, my clothes rinsed out now, hanging in the sun on a fence, even the inside of my sneakers rinsed of their gumbo. We share a huge meal of leftovers from their daughter's birthday party and talk late into the night. Roz tells me she walked the trail to raise awareness for kidney donations, since she herself gave hers to her husband Hugh when he fell ill. I'm impressed, and doubly so when she tells me she walked the Te Araroa at the age of 66. Transformation coach Barbara DeAngelis says, The journey between what you once were and who you are now becoming is where the dance of life really takes place. I didn't arrive on this trail whole and perfect, I came as I am, and that means everything that happens is filtered from that perspective. My goal was to find out what would happen to my body, mind, and spirit on a long-distance thru-hike. Well, <laughs> the body is hurt, but really it's just a bad bruise. The mind made a good choice to walk a short day and rest. And the spirit? It's funny how seeing the boys again was like a second chance to make a different choice to forgive a little for perhaps just dumb behavior from lack of experience rather than something personal, and to start over again on a different foot. Okay, maybe I shouldn't use the word foot with my injury. You know what I mean. Perspective, attitude, a new outlook. I want to thank Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky's should be in your hands. And also Belega, the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. 
And thank you also for listening. If you enjoy the storytelling, please subscribe. Take time to write a review at Apple Podcasts, like this one. I know hiking the Te Araroa is not in my actual future, so I love experiencing it virtually through Allison's very relatable and poetic descriptions. Well, thank you so much. You can always contact me directly, find the show notes, read more about walking the world, and find a link to the music you're hearing, which is me playing flute back in the days when I was a professional flutist. It's all on the website, thepirag.com. Next week, it's across the estuary, down the beach, and up Bream Head with views for miles of this gorgeous country, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Until then, my friends... Happy trails. <laughs>